What is it, Joe? Um... Would you like to maybe... Uh, be unstable together? Um... Queer horror cult. Yeah, yeah, we did it. We can start. We can go home now. Normally. Uh, yeah, welcome back. I'm Aria. And I'm Lori, and we're here once again talking about fucked up movies we watched. It was kind of a fucked up week, but like not kind in of. a disturbing week, just in a. Well, a, like a little. A, I mean, some of it. I mean, by by our standards. Fair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have seen much worse in uh, doing this show, but. We do it for you. We do it for you. We do it out of love for you. <laughs> Speaking of... So you don't have to. <laughs> uh, that, that is this week's theme, given that I guess this is going up right after uh, Valentine's Day. Of course. Yeah. So what better what better to do in terms of that than fucked up weird love stories? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, so what do we got first? 2009, hailing from sunny Australia. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> the Loved Ones. Ah, uh, this this movie. This is this is one of those movies. Um, it's kind of wild that we we didn't cover this mm-hmm. in an earlier episode. I think we it's specifically very we specifically pointed to that, and it might have been the audio clip actually for our Oedipus and Chill episode. <laughs> of course, uh, but we didn't actually cover it, and Jeez. it is a lot of fun. Yeah, that seems like an oversight on our part. Yeah, for that episode specifically. Yep. Like I said, I think we were aware of it. Just that was back when we were a little too deranged. It's like, hey, let's watch five movies for an episode. Yeah. That's normal. Or let's do ones that, like, we wouldn't watch otherwise as opposed to ones we know we like. <laughs> Where's the fun? Where's the fun right? if it's all bangers? It can't all be winners. All right, so what have we got with the loved ones? So the loved ones. Um, it starts out with a teen learning how to drive with his dad. Yeah. And they end up getting into an accident the father passes. It's been about a year. Yeah. Do you remember what was special about the accident? Well, there was some, like, guy in the road. Yeah, just, 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 just a guy. A, just a freaky-looking guy. Just a freaky guy. Yeah. And so, yeah, dad's dead. Kid's, like, depressed, understandably. Thinks his mom blames him. She's very overprotective, doesn't want to let him drive and stuff. But he's a high schooler. He's um, the, what is it, the spring fling or, you know, what, at prom? I think they call it prom, which is funny because proms, at least it wasn't, maybe it discursively formed, but prom wasn't a thing in Australia. They had, they had a yeah. formal of some kind, just kind of like prom's not a thing here. It's not. Yeah. To the point that, so I work at a library right now, and when we were learning about weeding, which is the like, you know, removing items from the collection to right. make room for new items. Yes, but books get thrown away. I'm sorry to break it to all of you. Ugh. And there was one, because we were getting 
Because, you know, you're giving criteria like, okay, look for certain kinds of wear and tear. Is the spine like coming apart? Is there, are there bodily fluids on it? Like, you know, there's very obvious Do, do you kind do of hazmat things. training when you start a library? Like you take <laughs> the women's course? for like yeah. library books. I mean, library books are dirty. Yeah. But that's beside the point. Do you, do you, like, do you have a black light that you shine over <laughs> these books? But one of the things we also look for is number of circulations, like how many times it's been taken out over right. a period of time. And so quite often, if there's an item that, you know, it hasn't been taken out in five years, then we're going to evaluate it and say like, okay, is this something we should keep? Or is this something that we should get, you know, either go to book sale or whatever, depending on condition. And so one of the items we got was this pristine book all about prom. Okay. And we're like, oh, like that that's in like really good condition, but it's like very old. And they're like, yeah, no, it's never been checked out, probably because we don't have prom here. <laughs> it's like, then why did you acquire it in the first place? Well, it's funny because we don't actually have it here. We don't do it, but it's so ubiquitous. It because is. like in Canada, all of our media and culture is essentially American, American yeah. media and culture. Oh, well. Psycho Gorman, anyone? Psycho Gorman. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to prom. So yeah, prom's happening. Yeah. And so the our main character guy, he's asked out by the like quiet weirdo girl. And he's like, no, I'm going with like, you know, my girlfriend. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you think nothing of it. Until she watches them fucking she watches in the them car, in like, the car. immediately following. Right? Being a pervert. Yeah. Although and it's so, like, you guys are just, like, fucking in, like, the parking lot space, like, closest to the door, middle of the day. It's like, what do you think? It's, yeah. Like, really, like, you, really there's, there's not really anybody in the right in this situation. No, yeah. But we're still judging all of them for different reasons. Yeah, I'll, I'll judge the shit out of everybody. I don't mm-hmm. care anymore. Yeah, and so, guys, yeah, the plan, he's going to go with his girlfriend, his bestie asked out some, like, you know, goth chick. Yeah, And right. she actually said yes, and so he's stoked. And so it seems like it's shaping up to be, you know, prom night, whatever. It, it's a prom movie. It's, it's a prom it's, movie. Yeah. Except, at one point, uh, the guy, the main guy, yeah. he... Uh, is it because he, he kind of gets in a fight with his mom? Yeah, they, they, they have an argument. Yeah, because his girlfriend just got her, her license and she's like, well, no, you're going to like, you could get hurt. She's a new driver. I don't want you in the car. You have to take a taxi because yeah. they're, they're practiced. Yeah, they're practiced drivers. So he goes off to be like emo on a mountain or something or yep. a cliff and whatever. And anyway, he's doing his thing. And then somebody knocks him out and kids na- kidnaps him. Yep. And like stabs his dog. Yeah, that's very rude, by yes. the way. And he wakes up, and it is... Do we remember her name? I'm blanking right Lola. now. Lola. Lola, Stella. that's right. Lola, yeah. Because I know I'm like, the girl's Mia. Dude, I'm forgetting his name. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So apparently someone pointed out at a screening that Lola Stone's an anagram for Lost and Alone. Oh. And the director did not intend that. <laughs> well, then. Yeah. It's fitting. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep, bro. Yeah, it's a deep one, bro. <laughs> yeah. So he comes to, he's tied to a chair, and Lola and her daddy are, like, Ugh. just, they've set up their little prom. Yeah. And uh, she's the prom queen. Yeah. Prom kid. Yeah. And it's, it's a... Uh, it's unsettling. Like, I mean, yeah. the kidnapping's obvi- obviously, obviously unsettling, but, like, even right off the bat, it runs deeper than that, in that she's like, time to get dressed for prom, and she just, like, undresses in front of her dad, and there's just these long shots of him staring at her, just like, oh! Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like if Texas, the Texas Chainsaw family was, like, 
they're bogans instead of <laughs> instead of the bogan te- chainsaw family. Of Texas. I would watch it. And uh, and they were more incesty. Yeah. Yeah, and like less expansive, like only like if like if, Le- if Leatherface was an only child. I'm really into his dad. <laughs> you, you really had to put a lot of qualifiers onto that uh, that allegory. I just really want to illustrate this. Yes, fair enough. You know I'm right. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go as far as saying you're right. I was gonna say, but you're yeah, not that, wrong. I think that's a reasonable statement. And so, yeah, so Lola gets her her prom with her prom date, and it goes back and forth between like her seeming like she's maybe kind of trying to like get what like have it be authentic as or as authentic as possible and then also just being like cruel for the sake of cruelty yeah and so it's yeah it's this weird where it kind of jumps back and forth where you're like ooh, she's messed up and then it's like oh but she's also like evil yeah yeah well you know when she's just like you have to pee into a glass while I stare at your dick and if you don't do it in like 10 seconds I'm cutting it off yeah yeah okay and that all <laughs> it makes me cringe even more now ever since. Because I've seen, this was like, I think my third time seeing yeah. this movie. And <laughs> I mean, we all know, like, trying to pee on the spot is like, okay, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But I, you and you're aware of this, but I, had, I don't think I've talked about it on here. For my social psych class, I had to do a paper oh, about, no. like, research ethics. And it involved looking at, like, three ex- two or three experiments that, no, two, I think. Yeah. Um, two experiments that were controversial. <laughs> right. And so one of them was the Milgram, like, obedience experiment, of course. Everybody knows Everyone about that, knows one. that one. They at least know the name. The other one was one that I'd never heard of, and I don't think anybody has, probably because it's, like, um, going off of the idea that increased, like, physiological arousal happens in the as a result of having your personal space invaded. And so to, t- <laughs> to test this... What they did was at some like undisclosed Midwestern university, they had they were in the men's bathroom, and so that say they were like three or four urinals, and so they controlled what they did was they had it where they have like an out of order sign or like you know bucket and a mop or some shit in front of one of them, yeah, and then so every time like a guy would a, a unknown guy would like go into pee. Some other guy, like the, uh, uh, um... The control? No, sorry, the, the confederate of the, so that's what they call the guy who's, like, in on it, would go in and, like, stand next to him to, like, also pee or whatever. Yeah. And they would record, and then there'd be, so there was a guy also hiding in a bathroom stall with, like, a periscopic prism to, like, be able to see when the, the unknown, like, the, the, the subject who was unaware of being watched, when they would start peeing, how long they'd pee for... And they found that by having someone, like, in your personal space, in a place where, like, yeah, it can happen, but it's not really expected. Usually people try to give some space. Um, they found that they it would take them longer to start peeing. Yeah. Uh, the duration was usually less. And so... And I love that outlier guy who, as soon as the person steps up, he just starts just peeing like, oh, yeah. more. And then just starts, like, <laughs> shitting a little bit. And it's like, oh, man, you shouldn't have stood so close to me. But anyway, so all this to say... <laughs> The science has told us 
that having someone invade your personal space and anything that can, like, you know, raise physiological arousal makes it really hard to pee. I like how you needed a study to explain this. Like, right? it's not comfortable when, when a deranged lady stares at your dick and it's just like, oh, it's crying. Oh, to kiss it better. Uh, oh, it just peed. Yeah, I, right? And also, like, I... I Lola Stone, just... piss play queen. <laughs> Release the Lola Stone piss tapes. Um, but just going back to that study, like, it's like, oh, it's a nasty pervert when I do it. But when you're a scientist and you have, a like, a like a legitimate piss periscope to play with, it's like, oh, this is fine. Well, this, this is that's normal. pretty much what I said in my paper. I was like, okay, so voyeurism is literally, like, in many states... Uh, like a criminal it's a crime, crime. Yeah. it's a criminal offense and so just because this guy w- presumably wasn't jerking it in the stall while watching these dudes pee like the the rest of the me- like it wasn't for the same purpose but like the imagine, spying on people imagine the confederate dude though like i could just see like between guys he's just slugging back the water like oh i gotta piss again in like five minutes I gotta make my pee-pee happen right and so yeah it was ridiculous and so yeah like it, it just seems fucked up. And apparently I was reading that um, in terms of, like, reactions to this, women tended to be more, like, offended by it than men. So maybe that's just my gender speaking or whatever. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But, you're, like, just, you're just not... A, not you're, you're almost, like, reverse pervert, and it sucks. <laughs> it's it's anti-positivity. Yeah, I, I, I know. I'm just, like, sex negative right now. Yeah, wow. <laughs> should go back on, on but yeah the, the, the thing they're like well you know it still pre- it still protects like the subject's dignity because the guy spying on their dicks doesn't see their face because the guy spying on their dicks just leans in because he's like i won't tell i won't tell but you won't <laughs> literally yeah like yeah. i was gonna say literally it's like okay not quite but <laughs> anyway so that is to say it's a very uncomfortable moment when after yes. she makes him lick her fingers because chicken is finger licking good yeah she stares at his dick and tries to kiss it because it peed yeah, but no, it's crying. Sorry, that was, like, very passive writing. Not because of his dick pee, because he peed with his dick. <laughs> nice active voice. Active voice is important. Fascist sees passive There voice. was, like, so despite this being my third time seeing this, there were times where I was like, I don't actually remember what happens right now, because it seems like something that could happen, but then, yeah. like, when, what, like, the licking the finger, I was like, oh, he's gonna bite it off, and then he doesn't. Yeah, no, you're thinking of, uh, the woman. Oh, to- bites yeah, his finger totally. off and spits out the like, wedding her, ring. like, you know, missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she, he, he gets his, though. That's, he does. He gets his, his back. Yeah, because um, his brain scrambled. I love the leap motif that's going during this prom. <laughs> It, it's one of those things that I think I finally got it out of my head after, like, years. And then we rewatched <laughs> this watched fucking it, movie. Yeah. The Am I Not Pretty Enough song. <laughs> yeah. Everyone go out and listen to Am I Not Pretty Enough. Um, it rules. There's, there's, and every once in a while it pops up somewhere and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god. It, it's just become I'm a psychosomatic, command- like, candidate. response where you're just like, does anyone else taste chicken as you start pissing? <laughs> Just I'm a sleeper agent, and that's my like code. Yeah, your mentoring <laughs> candidate <off>. code. <laughs> <laughs> but there, because recently, um, I saw that video again that was like, "Hey, did you notice how like every popular song ever uses like the same like chord chord progr- yeah. or whatever it is going from like classical music, like the the Pachelbel D." canon one that's like in everything and so at one point in it because i think it's australian guys doing it if i recall and at one point they do am i not pretty enough and the audience is like whoa (laughs) (laughs) i follow some australians on instagram and one i can't remember if it was like a party or something because you know they actually like had covid restrictions and then everyone could live normally in between what a concept lockdown little little regional lockdown and so there was like 
a party outside and I don't know if there's karaoke or something, but at one point there was this like, like tween girl or girls and they were they were singing that song and I remember I just sent it to you and I was like sound on and you were like I was not expecting that I was not I it's Australian culture at this point <laughs> it is it's, yeah yeah it's kind of like you know it's the Canadian equivalent if it's like you might as well get a soda by that Kim dude the dude named Kim who does the song about sodas that's the Canadian song you would recognize it if I played it probably so um yeah, as the, as the prom goes on, it's super fucked up. Um, we find out more and more that, like, oh, this isn't the first time Lola's done this <laughs> and her de- with her dad. And her mom, Bright Eyes, is there and is just, like, totally lobotomized. And so for funsies, they, like, collect and lobotomize people and turn them into, uh... Well, yeah, to make like sure they don't even, like... that kid from the woman. Yeah. And to make sure they don't, like, complain, they make them, like, eat Drano. Or they inject Drano into their voice box. Uh, Do you remember that? Like, they're injecting the blue shit in their oh, throat? I thought, I, oh, I didn't realize that it was in the voice box. I thought it was just one of those, like, generic, like, we're going to put this shit in your neck blood vessels. Well, I assume it's, like, in the, uh, the vocal cords saying to, like, fry it, because Drano's corrosive, uh, right? Uh, okay, because, yeah, I remember the injector was something, but I thought it, I... Of the words. That that's the uh, that's the Canadian and went out pretty enough. It's about going for a soda. So yeah, the lobotomies and the, the and not just lobotomies, but after they get the brains drilled, they pour pour boiling water in to like yeah yeah that was poach fucked. the brains. Yeah, it's just like oh you got to drill a hole in the brain and she's just like oh I'm having a hard time and she's just like cutting his fucking face up with a power drill and the guy's like you got to really go for it and he just makes Not a hole in his far. head and then she's just like pouring boiling water on him like I can't get it in his brain can you make Dad, the hole bigger? Can you bigger? make the hole bigger? It's severely fucked and yes. of course this is like around when the revelation happens that she, she's been doing this multiple times right yeah. and she's just like it was always you daddy and she just wants to like fuck her dad yeah and they and dance to that uh that uh am i not pretty enough song while wearing christmas cracker crowns yeah and um the it the dude realizes at some point that the guy that he the, the guy in the road from when he was driving and then killed his dad in the yeah. accident was the last victim yeah so and- Ch- chekhov's like victim <laughs> chekhov's like like weird torture boy and then i don't know if i i this was surprising to me, so I don't know if I would made this connection before or if I just, like, forgot about it. But I was like, oh, the, like, goth chick, that's her brother. I didn't even make that connection this time. Okay, yeah, because, you know, they're like, they're like, Mia Valentine, and they're like, so-and-so Valentine. I was like, wait, that's her last name. And it's like, oh, oh she's been, like, depressed and emo and stuff since her brother disappeared. Of course. I must have just missed it this yeah, time. So that's her, yeah, so that's yeah, her brother. We watched brother. this as a digital movie night with a friend. Yes. Yeah. Because the first time, because I think the first time we saw it, you you had been watching it and you're like, okay, I need to stop and we can just watch yeah, this together. Yeah, I stopped like about when they first had him like tied to the chair yeah. and we're just being fucking deranged. And you're like, let's just like, watch you this. You need to see this movie. Yeah. And I then, think you're like at work or something. Something like that. Yeah. And then the next time we watched it, I want to say it was last year when your mom was visiting and we showed it to her. Yeah. She enjoyed it. <laughs> she did. Yeah, yeah. She spoke really highly of it. Yeah. And then, yeah, we had a like Discord movie night with some friends and yeah. showed it to them. Classic. Yes. Yeah, this movie goes through through it, though, like, with uh, the things that happen, because then we find out what happens to the uh, 
failed boyfriends yes. because she's never satisfied with these she's experiments. not and the one from the previous one that almost got hit with the car he was the one that got away yeah because normally they don't normally get away they don't normally get away it's true well, what happens to them um so there's like a trap door kind of situation yeah they, you know, move the rug and open the door and then there's these like feral beast boys living yeah being very the woman with it yes with the the, the, the daughter in the shed with the rabid dogs yeah yeah, yeah not yeah. the rabid dogs the like the, the mean or dogs yeah, or that's it yeah 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 so yeah you have these like stripped of their humanity like just down to like they kill and eat instinct kind of thing yeah it's 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 uncomfortable <laughs> Yep, they throw people down there to get eaten, like, when the cop shows up. Mm-hmm. Classic psycho move, where the guy, the Arbogast guy, who's just like, I've been stalking you for the whole fucking movie, shows up, and then just gets, like, hatcheted in the face within five seconds. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, ah, dude, you fucked up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but that's what, one thing I really liked about the, the way this movie goes, is um, the plot's so basic and straightforward, but it's one of those things that just when you kind of think, like, okay, I know what's happening... They introduce an element like that that just kind of ratchets it up mm-hmm. once more. And, you know, it's not sort of going for the, like, uh, this movie is built on twists, like some mm-hmm. movies are. Yeah. But uh, it, it's nice when a movie can kind of do those little, like, dog legs on you or think, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And, like, the, one of the things that I didn't remember was the fact that, like, he actually gets lobotomized. <laughs> Partially, yeah. Well, part, yeah. But I mean, he gets his brain scrambled, and I, but because I, because I remember that he, you know, gets. Well, I don't think he gets fully scrambled. They drill a hole in his head, but then, um. Because I know they go, Something they go, happens when they're trying to pour the shit in his brain. I think, but I think just having a, a spinning drill bit possibly perforate your prefrontal cortex. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I'm, I, the, I'm not sure if that happens or not, or if yeah, it's just making Because I, I know, because he's like, get it just far enough in. Yeah. So then I was like, how? But oh, I look. think I think that just far enough in is to make the hole so you oh, okay. don't drill their brains. Okay, because yeah, because it looked like it was going deep, so I was like, oh my god, he get yeah. his brain drilled. I might have fucked it up. Yeah, but then he can still function, so like yeah. that's good. It made him better at driving and shooting guns. Yeah. Well, actually, not very good at shooting guns, but he tried. But, like he he drove a cop car just fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so and then yeah, that's one of speaking with the driving the cop car. That's a, a very great kind of like end to the movie and the sort of like oh fuck that revenge last shot. yeah. It makes me think of if, of if like Four Flies on Grey Velvet, <laughs> yeah, was like a revenge ending instead of a oh no an accident. Right, right. But then it wouldn't be a jello. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, um, because yeah, the dad gets uh, killed. Yes, he gets killed by the dude and knocked into the pit and eaten by the weird zombie the guys. Hawks. Yeah. And uh, the dude makes a fucking tower of corpses to just, like, climb his way out. Yeah, because Lola throws his ass down there and then is like, I'm going to go to your house and cut up your mom and your girlfriend and take them away like you did my daddy. Yeah. And uh, he manages to escape, gets in the cop car, and... Goes and finds Lola attacking his girlfriend in her car yeah she was looking for him like, yeah kind of she said it out to, yeah because she was like wait lola asked him out maybe there's some weird shit going yeah. on some weird shit afoot that's why the cop ended up out there yeah and yeah so you get this great yeah <laughs> it's just i can't even describe it it's just beautiful yeah if you're a fan of a vehicular homicide you'll enjoy this yes especially from a like revenge yeah. kind of way who doesn't love a good revenge car running over right you're not human if you don't love that. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's essentially the the plot of this one with its weird, weird moments. What do you make about the way love is depicted in this? 
Uh, I mean, I get caught up on the whole, like, you know, if the dude's gonna, like, boil the wife, the brain of his wife, and, st- like, his, we have bright eyes. Yeah. Who she refers to as her, as mummy. Yeah. Uh, or mum or whatever. Um, yeah. I'm like, okay, so he's, like, a, like, raging misogynist, but then he, like, yeah. worships his daughter. So I'm like, yeah. interesting. This, I mean, nothing. You should do this as your case study for, for when you do, like, a normal psych. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it it's seems like it shouldn't work, but it could, I guess. But yeah. it's yeah, I, I get caught up on the whole like, huh? And then because I, I guess to the well, extent Lola's that it's flesh and blood, and hopefully Bright Eyes is not flesh and blood relation. Yeah, but given how he feels true. about Lola, who the fuck? Who the fuck knows? Knows? Maybe it's because she's not flesh and blood. Maybe. That's why she doesn't like her. Yeah, but because I, I could see you get the whole like like super misogynist dude was like, oh my like pure virgin ideal daughter yeah. and like venerating that. But then I don't know. I, I would think as soon as she kisses a guy's penis in front of him, he might be like, ooh. Yeah, it's very deranged. But it also feels like uh, she has him around her finger. Well, like, absolutely. She's, she's a total brat. But she clearly learned from him how to boil someone's fucking yeah. brains. So like she's so much that um like, like my super sweet princess. sixteen kind of thing where it's oh, like yeah. daddy you won't pee on command so get a hammer and smash his pee pee like that's totally. the kind of energy she's bringing to this totally um i think in terms of like love this is really more about obsession and ownership mm-hmm. than it is about actual like respect and uh mutual love kind of thing yeah and it's i think that's part of what makes it like a little extra creepy beyond its comedy trappings it's like oh god there's a lot of people that just treat this is what they think love should be well because she's She's, like, simulating prom, like, yeah. pretty... I mean, it, yeah, it's it's off-putting, and it's, like, it's not right, it's uncanny. Yeah. But at the same time, it, like, the aesthetics, the sort of, like, actions and stuff they go through, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. At least in terms, you know, as someone who's never been to prom, but has probably, like, her seen it on TV yeah. and stuff. It's, um... That sort of, like, script of what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like, hey, love isn't a two-way street. It's not a partnership. It's just like 100% like a my wife kind of situation, <laughs> you know? Like, that's what's going on in this movie. <laughs> my prom king. <laughs> my daddy. <laughs> uh, that's the level ones. It's so good. Yes. Like, it's so fun. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty vile. But, <laughs> yeah. but in it's go- it does a really good balance between mm-hmm. being fucked up and having just enough pathos to make it not feel cheap. Yes. Completely, at least. Yeah. Uh, but being funny enough mm-hmm. and comedic enough that it's not a chore to watch. No, it is enjoyable. Like, even the, well, with the uh, it's fucked up, up bits. It's, it's just enjoyable. like, I can still get into this. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Uh, cool. That was a good movie. Mm-hmm. So what do we watch next? <laughs> we watch... Well, we watched a banger. A movie oh, yeah. I've been wanting to watch forever. 1990? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Wild at Heart. Yeah, best love story ever told. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm constantly bagging on a heterosexual love on this podcast and talking about how it's like heterosexuality is such a cliche in movies, so they just shouldn't do it anymore because we've just had it for so long. But David Lynch found a way to make it inventive. Oh, yeah, no, like, this is my favorite. Like, I, lo- I am more invested in their heterosexual coupling than I am most gay people I know, and that <laughs> is a tall order given that it's me. <laughs> Yeah, they're pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I think pretty early on we described this movie as kind of being like David Lynch managed to do a heterosexual John Waters movie. Yeah. It's like polyester in this. Yeah. really pair up Yeah, nicely. it definitely has that like melodrama. Yeah. Like a bit like 
very close to over the top, if not over the top yeah. at times, but in like the best way. Yeah, but having a also a Nick Cage and Laura Dern mm-hmm. as the couple was just great. Like the whole fucking cast in this movie is fantastic. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this one opens with the um, they're in this fancy, <laughs> fancy sort of like hotel lobby, mm-hmm. and uh, Sailor, that's Nick Cage's character's name, Sail. Sailor. Sailor, <laughs> he's just like standing there, and this dude comes up, and is like. I got paid to kill you with this, and shows him a switchblade. So Nick Cage kills him. Yeah, kills a shit. Violently out of him. beats him as Lulu, as Laura Dern, is like Sail no! Sail no! Ah! And the mother who who I I don't know, kind of plays it like that's a reveal later that was her, but I kind of assumed right from yeah. the get-go that that was the Well, point. she did not seem surprised. Yeah, so. no, she's like, it's like, I was paid to kill you with this, and it just cuts to her like, <laughs> like oh yeah, you were. And um Yeah. Some like dope ass hard music plays, and he just like lights a cigarette and then goes to jail for a long time. Yeah, because he's he's a convicted manslaughterer. Yeah, convicted manslaughterer, and uh, so Laura Dern picks him up at the end of his sentence, uh, and in this like convertible, and he comes out and gives just like the most loving monologue to his jacket, his, <laughs> his snakeskin jacket, which is a symbol <laughs> of his belief in personal freedom and individuality. Yes. Yeah. Which he enjoys much. <laughs> yeah. And they immediately are like, oh, man. I love it because they've got this very almost, like, not even, like, legitimate 50s thing going, but this, like, nostalgia for an imagined 50s. Like, the kind of way that the Double R Diner yeah. works, or the Roadhouse works in um, Twin Peaks. Totally. Like, that just kind of aesthetic where it's like, yeah, we're supposed to believe these uh, high school girls just go and listen to this weird metaphysical lounge music while at work <laughs> on the jukebox. And it's like, in the world of David Lynch, you totally buy it, right? Yeah. And that's kind of how this is working. So it was kind of surprising when they're like, let's go dancing. And then they're at, like, a hardcore club. <laughs> it's just like, they're fucking, like, moshing. And there's that dude with, with like, the... Oh, some dude with, like, the punk hair just, like, on all fours headbanging while crawling around the room. It's just like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? <laughs> it's great, though. It is. Until some dude, like, dances up against Laura Dern, and that's how we see how far Nick Cage is meant to go mm-hmm. for his lady, in that he's just like, I have to fight you now unless you apologize. And it's like, oh, this is kind of possessive, possibly? Like, I don't know how to make it. It works in that sort of melodramatic mm-hmm. love story thing. But then his dialogue is very endearing about it. he's like i mean no offense to you but you've got to understand that was disrespectful to her <laughs> yeah. and he's like i'm sorry i won't do it again and so the dude just like points at the slayer looking motherfucker on stage it's like you know this one right and they play an elvis song and he just sings it to her <laughs> yeah. and the whole club is losing their mind the whole mosh club <laughs> it's kind of great it's, yeah it's very endearing <laughs> Yeah, it's very ridiculous. Well, that's the thing. Like, this movie, like, we picked it as, like, a fucked up love movie, but at the same time, I'm like, they actually have really, like, like, the circumstances aren't aren't great and stuff, and I know they're, like, playing up the whole, like, you know, uneducated, like, that that sort of, like, stereotypical, like, you know, southern trash, whatever kind of thing, but, like, they're actually, like, pretty solid. Yeah, I think that's... 
because as we as we do on this show when we pick a topic is we kind of show different angles on a topic and i think part of that's why i like this one so much is because their love is genuine and Mm. they seem to actually both care about each other and a measurable degree but the circumstances they're in and the world around them is what's fucked up because there's a lot of the aesthetics of the relationship are things you would associate like i like the whole like oh we're gonna like just like break parole and go and just like fuck around and fucking a bunch of hotels and stuff and so i'm always expecting the other shoe to drop and him to start like lose his temper yeah. and like you know punch a hole in a you know and, and that never happens yeah he's, yeah he's like very loving he's and like you know the, so yeah like you said it's their love is very genuine but it's more like the circumstances around yeah. it and then like i said also like the aesthetics of it almost it has that kind of like volatility yeah. and whatever but really like at the end of, like they're solid <laughs> yeah and i think like the most uh potential red flag of a dude in relation that you see in these movies is uh when he finds out that she might be pregnant, mm-hmm. um, he seems to get that sort of like, uh-oh, cold feet kind of attitude. What does he do about it? He goes and hangs out with Willem Dafoe and they rob a bank together so that way they'll never go wanting for money. So he can provide for the baby. Yeah. Uh, but before that point happens, um, the mother is very much not into Lulu hooking oh, up yeah, with Sailor again. Yeah. So she hires, like, a hitman. Well, first a private detective to track him down, but then, like, a hitman to... Kill them and also the private detective, but that's because the hitman's just like, I just want to kill that guy. And, and then that like, no, hitman, with his silver dollar mailbox scheme, <laughs> just like hires a bunch of other hit people to go after them too, including that weird rich guy who just has all the ladies with their, their titties out for Harambe. While he's pooping, like, having yeah. a conversation on the phone from the show. I love when he's on the phone and they're just there. It's like, she stole my comb. It's like, that bitch. They're just having like a normal conversation. And, and he's just like, the tits out lady is just like, oh, I'll have my back to you while you're on the phone pooping. <laughs> Yeah. As soon as you're done, I'll turn back around and, like, let you stick your face in my tits or whatever. It was fucking weird. Just, you know, just, just a normal day in the Lynch world. Yeah, a lot of the characters are uh, actors from, like, Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. too. So lots of, uh, like, um, Mrs. Palmer is one of the assassins in this. <laughs> Sherilyn Fenn is yeah. a car crash victim. Yep, uh, the private detective. He's not in the show, but he was in Firewalk with me. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm saying this, I'm like, that actually came out later. But uh, Harry right. Dean Stanton who's great actor he's alien he's like the guy who's yeah, I was like, looking I know for jonesy name. and gets oh, picked up okay. he's repo man he's the guy who's just like i don't want no commies in my car no christians neither <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's good um but yeah so all these people are coming after them and they don't the even Laura realize in it. yep yep it's like the glinda the good witch glinda the good witch oh yeah this movie's also the wizard of oz yes yeah, I forgot to mention that. They make yeah. some references to it, and then at the very end, straight up, the good witch comes, and it's just like, you gotta click your heels together and run to her You've and all learned that. your lesson. Go yeah. happy in love. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> uh, but they keep stopping off at these, like, dead-end kind of grease pits that are just, like, more and more unsettling. Like, eventually they find their way to that tiny town that's almost like a motel trailer park. Yeah, what's it called? It has Even its name is, like... Yeah, it, it's it's, like armadillo's gooch or something like that you know um they show up and of course uh jack nance eraser head is there <laughs> just talking to all these people and they're just like being fucking weirdos and willem dafoe shows up with his like ex-marine tattoos Nasty and the creepiest teeth. goddamn teeth yeah like i think i even said when we're watching this i'm shocked that willem dafoe isn't even more beloved than he already is. is just because of how fucking good he is at going Being i will forever insane. forever forever say and i don't think this should be controversial i will take character actors over a-listers any day oh god week. yeah i don't want to see a movie where it's like 
Look, even it's Chris Pratt. Yeah, even if they're doing a good job or not, it's like, oh yeah, that's just Chris Pratt being there, or that's Tom Cruise being there, yeah. kind of thing. No, it's just like, I want to see this seedy, greasy-looking motherfucker with weird, like, the Goombas from uh, Super Mario Bros. movie-looking teeth <laughs> just coming in, and he's just like, I'm gonna rob a bank and shoot a boy. Sorry, can we just, I, I just would like to, because I've told you this already, but I, I would like the podcast listeners to know, Ruh-ruh. because I think it will make them happy. Um, since we're talking about appreciate Willem Dafoe playing insane guys with bad teeth and whatever. Yeah. Um, at the library, we usually have a display table up at front in front of the customer service desk where we have usually some kind of display happening of various, yeah. you know, media. So like Often seasonal too, like, yes. like you'll have the more horror stuff around Halloween. Yeah, example. like we had spooky stuff around Halloween, we um Christmassy stuff. Yeah, we have Christmas yeah. we had holiday stuff, we've had you know, for New Year's we had a lot of like mindfulness and like resolutions and whatever. Um around like the first day for truth and reconciliation. Right. We had a yeah. lot of like um indigenous stuff. So yeah, so so we try to keep That's it good, yeah. you know, every like week or two mix it up. Keep it so fresh. for the first couple of weeks of February we've had like a love Valentine's right, themed one. And so I was like so I confirmed th- what the subject. I was like, it's like love, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, totally. So I put the lighthouse in because yeah. that's a romantic comedy. Yes. <laughs> and a couple of my coworkers were kind of looking at it and I was like, that belongs there. That belongs I, and there. I told them I was like, I'll if you watch it. it as a comedy it it's there. amazing and also it's very romantic and they're like oh i might have to watch it yes yeah. oh you're such a menace you better be careful if i get a job at the library because it'll be a war between who gets to put their stickers <laughs> yeah. of recommendation on the most depraved shit it's true like i also like i'm also you know the same bitch who like ruined the vibes of the christmas display by putting black christmas in and stuff like that i wouldn't want a christmas display without it i mean it black was christmas it, and carol it they, was the newest black christmas be because we don't have the og on dvd we only have it streaming well i'm glad there's that but jesus i know that's what i said i ruined the vibes yeah but people took it out and, so and, fair enough but I also am... you were feeling that they don't have the og on dvd ruined my vibes uh, yeah <laughs> my library vibes valid i'm now i'm now gonna like petition to defund the library <laughs> Um, I also put uh, for the love. Dis- I'm like, what else did I put? I put Portrait of a Lady on Fire, because of course. Yeah. I put. Oh, I put uh, the Shape of Water because we, uh, need, yeah. we need some monster fucker representation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I might have put some of this, but yeah, I wanted to make sure that it's like, well, the lighthouse belongs here. You should uh, do me a personal favor and check and see if they have Necromantic one or two. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't. Uh, it's still worth a check. It and is. If they do, that needs to go in the love display. <laughs> Get yourself, well, <laughs> get yourself fired. <laughs> I get, yeah, I guess I work on, no, I don't. I don't work until after Valentine's Day, so yeah. we'll probably have a different display at that point. Anyway, back to, back to Wild, uh, Wild at Heart. Yeah, so it's around this time when the assassins are, like, really coming down on them. Which is funny, because they don't really have too much of a direct confrontation. No, um, they get kind of lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's sort of almost in this backdrop, like, like it's coming down on them in a fatalistic way, but they've managed to stay ahead of it yeah, the whole time. Yeah, and they're, like, mostly blissfully unaware of it. Yeah. Like, they know, it's just like, oh, my mom is not happy, but, like, doesn't necessarily think, like, therefore she hired assassins yeah, like, again. I, I guess the closest they get to that is, uh, when they show up to this town, um, there's that woman he used to know who yeah. knows the assassins and yeah. knows what's going on. And he asks, on. like, is there a hit out on me? And she's like, no. No, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Sandy. But uh, this is around the time when he finds out from uh, Lulu that she's pregnant mm-hmm. because she's been throwing up and not bothering to clean it up, and he doesn't bother to clean it up, so they're in this room for days, which <laughs> like, is a pile stinks. of puke, and they're just like, that puke stinks. It's like, no shit. Change rooms, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... um, but he's just like, oh, man, I don't know if I can handle this. But regardless, 
we need to be set. So I'm going to rob this bank because Willem Dafoe, after being a total fucking creep to, to Lulu, is like, hey, we should rob a bank together. And they I just do. need a backup guy. Yeah, they do. And it's like, you just need to like be the backup, make sure things don't go wrong. And they don't. They get the money. And then Willem Dafoe just guns down the tellers while <laughs> laughing like a like a deranged person. Yeah. And then when Nick Cage goes to, to end him, he realizes that he has no bullets in his gun. Yep. It's like oldest trick in the book. If I ever get asked to do do a robbery thing, first thing I'm doing is checking if the guns loaded. Right. Because um, that'll happen. No, the first thing you would do is say no because you don't believe in crime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I may be a pacifist, but I also am against my will operating under capitalism. Hmm. Valid. Anyway, so um, Willem Dafoe's just like, I'm going to kill you after I killed these dudes. And they run outside when these cops show up and Nick Cage has to surrender. Isabella Rossellini's already driven away. <laughs> yes. Right, that's the woman at the, yeah. the trailer park. Yeah, Isabella Rossellini. She's in this. Yeah, the one who's like, I totally don't want to hit out on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because she's the wheels. That's right. And, um, He's like, what is she doing here? She with me. Yeah. But then uh, Nick Cage, like, hits the dirt, and they're like, don't move, you're under arrest. And Willem Dafoe comes running out. And so they just start shooting at him, and he's trying to shoot them, but he doesn't even get a shot off after getting hit like eight times before he falls to his knees and then lands head first onto the top of the sawed off that he did. His fucking head goes flying off and bounces off the wall. Just kaboom. It's amazing. Greatest accidental suicide in the movie I've ever seen. And then it's just chaos because there's that. And then it cuts to the people inside scrambling around to, like, find their hands that got blown <laughs> off and, like, ears. It's like, they can stitch that on. I got no fingers. <laughs> and it's just like, this fucking movie is insane. I lost my lost finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she tried to blow off his N64. Um, but, yeah, so Sailor goes to jail for, like, Again. a long time. And Lulu and, has and, the baby. Yeah, Lulu's like, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna name it Pace if it's a boy or a girl. And he's like, yeah. oh, I reckon that's okay, man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, eventually gets out, and she's there with the kid, and uh, he meets him, and he's very formal, like, hello, little fella, kind of thing. I don't know why I turned into Hank Hill, but that's basically what happens. <laughs> uh, but then as he's there, he's just like, I can't do this. I gotta go. Yeah, Give I've been good dragging life. you down. Goodbye. He won't remember me anyway. And then he runs off. <laughs> <laughs> And he runs into some toughs, and and he menaces them by calling them a homophobic slur. <laughs> it's okay. I think I said this when we saw this. This fucking movie. It's um got the weirdest way of talking. Where like he's just like almost poetic, but in this very like low down southern gentleman totally. kind of way. And it's like dialogue written in a way that no one talks like that. <laughs> and then he just has one line in the movie that's just him saying this slur. It's just so Sounds straightforward. Like a middle schooler. Um, gets the shit kicked out of him yeah. has a vision of the good witch yeah the good witch shows up she just floats and in she's in like bubble. go back to your love like yeah. duh and so he gets up he apologizes <laughs> he's to he's like the I'd like to thank you gentlemen for teaching me an important lesson <laughs> And then he runs off and he sings Love Me Tender to Laura Dern. Because he said that he would only... He's like, because she wa- she's like, won't we sing that for me, Sale? And he's like, no, that song, I'll, I'll only sing to my wife. Yeah, and my he sing- wife. And <laughs> he sings it for her. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, and so the like, credits roll over that. Yeah, and so like, it's yeah, so yeah it's a, very sweet. Their love is very pure. Yeah. And yeah, it's... <laughs> It's a trip. Yeah. And along the way, we learn that uh, the reason the mother hates Sailor so much and hired the guy to kill him at the start yes. to begin with is because she, like, 
cornered him in the washroom. He's like, don't you want to fuck Lulu's mama? And it's like, ugh. He's just like, no, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, he's just like... I'm a gentleman, no I'm thank you. I'm a gentleman, you. no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. I appreciate it, but no. She's not a fan of this. No. And, like, that's kind of kicked this all off. And um, at the second time he's gone to jail, when we do the, the jump forward, she's, like, trying to stop Lulu, but at this point Lulu's so uh, self-assured and confident that it's more, like, sad than it is domineering. Yeah. It's like these, like, this, this, like I won't forget like, this. And, yeah, there's, it's so yeah, pathetic compared yeah. to, like, the first time where it's, like, almost scary how she approaches it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other main thing that happens in this movie that I think is so important is Crispin Glover. <laughs> <laughs> there's right. an interjection with Crispin Glover that... <laughs> making sandwiches! Yeah, making I'm lunch. making my lunch! That's it. <laughs> um... She just tells a story about her cousin Dell, and he's just this dude who's losing his mind, and it's Kristen Glover, and he's just making a million sandwiches at night, and uh, apparently in the uh, pale moonlight, you know, he didn't dance with the devil, but he did try to put a cockroach on his anus, <laughs> and uh, he just ran away and disappeared, and they never saw him again, and that is the extent of his involvement in this movie, <laughs> but it's a wonderful, wonderful scene. <laughs> it has a, he brings all the energy that he brought to his album, basically. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. On Friday the 13th? Uh, yes. I think it, it goes without saying, I fucking love this movie. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. Uh, what did you think of it? Because you had... No, you had seen it. I've seen it once. But it was a long time ago. Yeah, like, yeah. probably, like, within, like, the first, like, year of us knowing each other, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, it had been a long time. I It was funny. I, rem- I remembered one very particular scene for some reason. When he's, like, recalling, like, oh, yeah, I, like, we were, I was with this chick, and I started, like, grabbing her crotch. Right. And take a bite of peach. Yeah, it took a bite of peach. Like, I remember that, and then yeah. I remembered the car crash. But you thought that was but from I, Mulholland but I, Drive. Yeah, I missed her. I thought that was from Mulholland Drive, because yeah. there was a car crash in that. So I, had, like, yeah. collapsed them in my mind. So well, I didn't know I remember. And then I remember the, like, Good Witch stuff, where yeah. I was like, that was Laura Palmer. Yeah, right. Well, we're going to cover Mulholland Drive at some point. Yes. Maybe sooner than later, because we've talked about doing this enough. Uh, so I guess when we get to that, we'll have to see what the car crash stuff in mm-hmm. that is like compared to this. Yes. Yeah. This is a, this is, this was nice because I think I mentioned I finally got back to Twin Peaks and I'm trying, I was trying to get through to it because I want to see the new series. Me too. And the last chunk of season two is some of the worst shit I've ever sat through. So being able to follow that with both Firewalk with me and then Wild at Heart was just like, Nice. That was that was the anomaly. The uh, the the bad part of Twin Peaks, the show, was the anomaly. Not. I'm glad uh, people are finally anomaly. coming around to Firewalk with me because I yeah. remember hearing that it like sucks shit, and then I saw it and I was like, "What?" Like apparently he was like, "It's not a masterpiece or anything." Yeah. Well, well, some people now would say it is, but I'm like, I thought it was really good, and I thought it like did a lot for like the story yeah. of like with Twin Peaks. So. Yeah. I, I liked it from the beginning. I've only seen it the one time. Yeah. I definitely did You liked watch. it before it was cool. I did. Um, it's one of those things where apparently he planned to do multiple movies filling in stuff to do with mm. Twin Peaks, but because of how this one was received, he right. didn't do it anymore. Well, that, yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot over. of the material is what went into the return right. happening, you know? Anyway, so Wild at Heart fucks. And, yes. And uh, it's so I much fun. recommend you watch it. Oh, yeah. Love it. And uh, we did plan a third one for this. It was kind of hard to make heads or tails of it, so maybe we'll do a bit more of a clipped one. Yeah, on that, that works for me. You can explain um, to me what the fuck happens in it. Okay, so basically, <laughs> we picked a movie where I remembered all this stuff about it, 
and I hadn't seen it in well over a decade. I'd never seen it. And I was like, it. we should watch it. We watched it, and then I realized all the stuff I remembered being in the movie wasn't in the movie. It was just stuff that, like, when you read about what the movie was about, mm. it kind of conjectures into there. Okay. But we watched Claire Penny's uh, Trouble Every Day. <laughs> Claire Denis. Claire Denis. Uh, Trouble Every Day. And, she's, not, uh, she's not an active Twitter user. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate it, but there... I don't know. Like, I... I I don't think it fully works. It was it was very meh for me. Yeah. I think it's because there's so much left up to inference. And I'm definitely... I know I've said this multiple times on this. I would rather things are under-explained as opposed to over-explained. Absolutely. For sure. But it feels like that this one was almost so undercooked that uh, that there's not much going on it really in the movie. Isn't. The, the, when you hear about what it's about, the plot, it's there. Yeah, I'm like, the I mo- guess. It's the most basic skeleton of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, these newlyweds, um, the, the dude is played by Vincent Gallo, which I will refrain from, from commenting on, uh, and his wife, his wife, go to Paris for their... Um, go to Paris for their honeymoon. Day, day Paris for their honeymoon. But he's also wanting to find old work associates mm-hmm. from these chemical labs. And, yeah, pharmaceutical uh, or some shit. This dude who's kind of gone AOL. AWOL. <laughs> I like He's going to America Online. <laughs> he went to America Online and we never saw him again because he got Lawnmower Man into that shit. He's just part A-wall. of the now. Wow, okay. He just lives on Alcor's internet. <laughs> that was not a good one. He went AWOL. That was my favorite um, Freudian slip ever. Yeah, um, he went AWOL. And they, they kind of poo-pooed his research, which was about like almost like sexual passion becoming vampiric when like it like reaches this like, yeah, this like fever pitch. And, like, that stuff I thought was the best stuff about the movie, but it was just such... It almost felt like a footnote at a certain point. It really point. did, because it, it was like, uh, he's like, I need it's, to talk to him. Yeah. He, oh, well, his, he's gone, and his wife is sick or something. It's like... Yeah. And then he's like, you know what I'm here for. And they're like, yeah, well, that research is, like, bullshit anyway. And I was like, what the fuck are they yeah. talking about? And then there's, like, this weird sort of flashback of slow-mo through the jungle kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and it's and like, okay, what happened in the jungle? Apparently they were doing research in the jungle, and they either developed or found this virus that yes. makes it so, like, you have this hyper-sex drive, but you immediately link, like sex to uh, violence and eating consuming the other person yes uh and i think with that premise this i really like that premise and i think this movie when it gets closest to that is really interesting but it's so few and far between yeah uh, like the movie opens fantastically. I was so into this right off the bat because there's just enough mystery and just yeah, enough like, discuss. Yeah, you're like, what's going on? Because the doctor's wife, who he's going to try and meet, um, the do- yeah, he's trying to meet the doctor, doctor, and then eventually he goes to meet the wife. Is played by uh, Beatrice Dahl. Inside uh, hmm. Betty Blue, bunch of movies, great actors. Uh, she starts by eating this random dude and fucking him in a field and eating him, and her husband finds her just sitting there covered in blood with like this look of elation on his face and the dude died with a smile and he's all fucked up and yeah, gross and like, like oh, better bury him now um and you know like this scene comes up again when uh we see how she's boarded into her room and everything's locked and she can't get out and i thought that stuff was fantastic like again it was just so it was these little moments peppered into drawn out stuff that just didn't really enrich it mm-hmm. um like there's a lot of but like the, the the two guys that like break into the house like to rob something and then he's just like oh I'm gonna go have sex with this lady that's upstairs because she's real horny and then she just like eats his face while they're fucking it's really gross but yeah. it's, it's kind of a great moment um so there's these moments that are really 
cool and total French New Extremity, like yeah. for sure. In fact, I'm pretty sure the book about French New Extremity, I think the cover of it is from this movie. Mm. Um, yeah, because this is kind of like a precursor to it. Yeah, it was around the time of like Irreversible and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, it wasn't quite when it got more populist with High Tension and Frontiers and Martyrs. <laughs> Well, I would say also populist in form in, that, okay. in how it's going. I'd say both. Um, it was a little bit before that. This is more on the art house spectrum mm-hmm. compared to the more like slasher movie yes. kind of Yeah, because that's when I, when, I, when I hear like French New Extreme, I yeah. usually think of the like very much like, yeah. yep, there are people who are going to be murdered. Yeah, it's going to be horrific. Yeah, and you're going to see every part yeah. of it. But uh, why I wanted to do this in terms of this topic, and this is something I do think is in there, it's just very uh, buried, is the idea of how consuming love can be. It's mm-hmm. taken so literal here and it completely um, makes it carnal in that it's, you know, they're consuming each other, they're eating each other's flesh. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting and I liked when they went into that territory because it made it that much more visceral and real, the message they were trying to Well, I think that, like, I, I'm barely remember it, but for our cannibalism episode, I remember talking about that, that sort of, like, sex is cannibalism yeah. when it's a certain... Because, yeah, in, in this one, art, like arguably like, like can we even say it's love because a lot of the times it's like hooking up with it's strangers hard lust. yeah because yeah. the guy he won't he specifically won't fuck yeah. his wife his new wife because he, he doesn't, doesn't want to consume eat her yeah. so it's like they're not fucking out yeah. of love well that's i think that's part of it because uh, part of it was not remembering too well yeah because i hadn't seen it in a long time i didn't even sure. remember that aspect of it um but a big part of it is I think that there's, just as I have done in planning this episode, but more general there, and people who aren't more cognizant, they just take this as a fact, is love and lust are so completely intertwined yeah. culturally. And so this movie's kind of showing that, I think, in that character, as you point out, because um, he doesn't want to kill his wife, who mm-hmm. he loves, but at the same time, she feels because he's rejecting her physically... Uh, he doesn't love her. And he's, like, sneaking around yeah, and, like, so, talking to these so women. That, that is definitely a point in the yeah. movie. And then I'd also say the doctor who's AWOL or AOL. Yeah, the, the AOL doctor. Like, he clear, clearly loves his wife, too, because yeah. he's cleaning up after her and trying yeah. to, like, keep her safe, although yeah. it looks like a very, like, the optics of it are very, yeah. like, I'm going to keep you locked up like an abusive oh, husband. Could, could you almost do, like, an asexual reading of this movie in that the... <laughs> no, no, for real, though, like, love is the prevention of sex, almost. Like, it's yeah, actually, yeah, it's yeah. not even asexual. Like, I would say it's more just, like, uh abstinence scared straight programs at school kind of thing where it's just like this is the purity ring of fucking kind of <laughs> it's uh yeah i think there's an argument to be made mm-hmm. and it also has the worst pussy eating scene of all time oh, yeah it, it goes into some castle freak territory yeah um when megan the stallion said gobble me swallow me drip down the side of me that's not what she had in mind that also happened like kind of cool she did <laughs> It also happened almost 20 years after this movie, but yeah. I digress. <laughs> yeah. But I think more offensive or shocking than that was just the scene where Vincent Gallo's just jerking, jerking it off, in the just bathroom. Just, <laughs> she's just like, like the fucking Foley on that. It reminded me, <laughs> I hate to bring this up on a topic of love twice, but the scene in Necromantic 2 when they're like, they're doing the porn dubbing, which is in that movie. Um, or they're just sitting there, like, doing the spanking and slapping yeah, 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 their hands yeah. while moaning. It was that all over. It just makes me think of when I, I took, I took, like, Film Studies 100 in my first year of university, yeah. my undergrad, and at one point, we were talking about sound and Foley and stuff, <laughs> and one guy in the class was just like, 
for porn, they just, like, get, like, things of mayo and stick, like, cucumbers in them. Uh (laughs) And I think the prop was just, like, I'm glad you guys are comfortable in this class. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) I, like, feel like you can say things like this. But that uh, sequence ends with her going there. And I don't, I assume it was meant to be his jizz all over the counter that she just, like, touches. paint. It was, it looked, like, why was there paint there? Like, why was there paint? Like, liquid latex? It looked like someone spilled an entire jar of white out. It was everywhere. And it was just, like. it was thick. It was thick. And it was opaque. Yeah. It, it, It was, uh. Yeah, it it was it was something. It was desaturated Pepto. That's what it looked like. It was gross. <laughs> yeah, but they forgot the pink dye. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a whole lot of it, and yes. it was just like. But the way they did it, and the way it looked, and how much of it there was, it was. Uh, that's why I wasn't sure. It's like, is that meant to be nut? Is 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 this affected by the tropical virus? Yeah, <laughs> like... and is does that mean that the third act of the film, which follows this, is is post nut clarity the movie? <laughs> I don't know if, if he's if he's doing that with post nut clarity, then like yeah. ooh. ooh. <laughs> post nut clarity is just like, oh man. I need to just like be a violent pervert all the time. <laughs> ugh. And then one thing that was refreshing is he adopts a dog for no reason, which first off, terrible gift in puppy. the uh, in in the anytime getting someone a pet and just being like surprise. But when you're on international international honeymoon, it's just like, oh, now we have an animal to care for. Especially in the early 2000s, like, traveling with, like, that would have been, like... Very difficult. Yeah, yeah, even just, like, I mean, now, like, you can, if you have a small enough dog, they can go in your carry-on and just go under the seat in front of you. But, like, they would have been quarantined for weeks, and that probably, like, they don't even have vaccinations. Like, just the logistics of it are just not there. But why I bring this up is uh, I was worried, even that this is a French New York Street movie, so Europe and horror movie, that we were going to see horrible dog death. Doesn't happen. Then you remembered it's not an Italian movie, so... Well, no, if it was Italian, they would have done it for real, which is the the horrifying thing. No, they they wouldn't hurt dogs like that. I remember a lizard in a woman's skin, uh, Fulci almost got charged with Mm. crimes for the, the... there's, like, the vivisected dog mm-hmm. thing on the wall and one of the hallucinations. And there's experiments being done. They thought it was real. And mm. so they got the dude who did the effects, who's also the dude who did the effects for E.T., to, like, demonstrate. <laughs> right. It's like, no, those were puppets. I'm just good at my job. Yeah. I'm just, like, yeah. very, very accomplished. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's Trouble Every Day. Even just actually talking about it more makes me feel better about it as a movie. Okay. Than it does. Like I, I said, I think, and I, I do love slow burn Sure. Yeah, yeah. Movies for sure. I just I like I a well done slow. I just don't think the uh, the pacing works mm-hmm. on this one for me. It didn't for me. Um, no, because I remember yeah. like I was just like, okay, am I supposed to know what's going on? And you're like, no, there there is stuff that happens, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but then you know when it's like by like we're at an hour ten, and that's yeah. still the case. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, okay, as long as it's not just me. Yeah, and it's interesting because I didn't find this movie boring at any point. I just thought it was like, why? Confusing. Yeah, like <laughs> why? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, uh, it's not for everyone. Can all be winners. It was very de- divisive um, critically too. That's so there's not probably surprising. people listening to this that it's like one of their favorite movies. And it's like <laughs> cool. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so well, given the content, it would have to be divisive yeah. just only because pearl clutching and stuff. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I'm like that didn't bother me. Just no, yeah, no, that's when the movie was. Okay, like, maybe a little like, bit. There was interesting. There's that. There's the pussy eating scene that yeah. I was just like, oh. No. I remember it being a lot more graphic than Fair. it was, but I think it's also because I saw it when I was like a teenager mm. or something, and the, the conceptually branded in my brain, yes. but not actually visually, because totally. it's gross. Don't get me wrong, it's yeah. gross, but 
in my mind, it was like full on. And it's right. like, okay, it's more implied than yeah. not. Which but you, thank, make, you fill but, in the gaps in your yeah. brain and then that's how you remember it. That's why it. it's effective. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that's our, our treatise on love. You know, <laughs> on it when it's possessive, when it's uh, like very consumptive, or when it's true and pure. <laughs> but maybe not in the purest of circumstances. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what comes next. Uh, I'm going to request that you go first because I don't have one yet. Well, in in to add to the like very polarizing, fucked up love movies, if you can call it that, yeah. um, I'm gonna go with the Night Porter from 1974. Hey, Night Porter, good one. Yeah. yeah, that's another one that's like ooh ooh, like yeah, I feel I feel kind of like controversial just saying yeah, like oh yeah, you can go that a kind of a love story. Yeah, so I'm like mm, that's that's probably not the best word for it. But it has some of the, yeah, the sort of, like, eroticism conventions yeah. while being very fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was in Italian class, and <laughs> uh, we we had to, like, say stuff about ourselves, about friends, about family, and, yeah. you know, basic Italian phrases. And I remember saying uh, that your favorite movie was The Night Portiere Porter. Portiere di Notte. And she was just like, <gasps> Mamma mia, un film molto contro. No, that's what she said about Solo. Yeah, when you said Solo, so you even one up. It's same teacher, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah, same instructor. Yeah. Uh, it's a good one. It's a really good movie. She was the first one I heard about Suspiria from, so. Hey, She was like, it's so scary. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you say so. This was like right before, I think right. it would have been like right before we met. Okay. So I took it in my first year. Right, so. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Night Porter. Nice. My recommendation, since I've sat here and looked at my letterbox, uh, Eating Row. Ah! That's a great one about love. And yes! I think it fits into what we said about the difference between love and uh, lust. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, oh. it's, got, it's got things to say oh, about that. Beautiful choice. Yeah. Love. Yep. That's a fave. Yeah, fuck. We need to cover it sometime. Yes. Yeah, have it, we not yet? I don't think we have. That's part of why I decided to say it. Okay. We've talked about covering it extensively. Yeah. Maybe we have. I, I will find out that we Maybe talked. Maybe we haven't. I'll find out that we talked about it two weeks ago or something. And I've just no, like had it, a it would have been fart. like 2020, yeah. 2019 if we did. But yeah. Huh. Yeah, if we haven't, that's Love the it. upcoming episode. <laughs> but yeah, that'll do it for us. Um, can't really wish you... Uh, a happy Valentine's Day because it's over when you're hearing this. Uh, I hope people had fun with the Vinegar Syndrome porno sale. That's what I'll say. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but and I also hope that this weekend you took it easy and kept it sleazy. Very sleazy. That if you're works. into that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs>